Hey everybody, it's Bill Courtney with an Army of Normal Folks, and we continue with part two of our conversation with Deb Ellinger right after these brief messages from our generous sponsors. Hey everybody, uh, Lisa and I have four kids, and um, as they got into their teen years, um, <laughs> uh, wireless service uh, became a thing at the Courtney household. And after years of fine print contracts and paying a whole lot more for providers than what I thought, um, if we've learned anything, um, there's always a catch to wireless service. So when I heard that Mint Mobile wireless plans were 15 bucks a month when you purchase a three month plan, I thought, nah, what's the catch? But after talking to these folks, it, it really all made sense. And there isn't a catch. Mint Mobile's secret sauce is that they sell wireless service online. They cut out the cost of retail stores and they pass those sweet, sweet savings directly onto you. Mint Mobile is here to rescue you with premium wireless plans for just 15 bucks a month. You can say bye-bye to your overpriced wireless plans, jaw-dropping monthly bills and unexpected overages. Um, all plans come with unlimited talk and text, uh, plus high-speed data delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. So it's not like a cheap plan that you don't get good service on. It's uh, the nation's largest 5G network. You, you use your own phone with any Mint Mobile plan all you got to do is bring your phone number along with your existing contacts so you lose nothing. Uh, you can ditch overpriced wireless with Mint Mobile's limited time deal and get premium wireless service for just 15 bucks a month. Uh, to get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash folks. That's mintmobile.com. Dot com slash folks. Guys, cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash folks. Additional taxes, fees, restrictions to apply. See Mint Mobile for details. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. We now return when I ask Deb, how many houses she now has? So we have two. Yep. Yep. Two at each, two women at each house. And how many women? Two. Two women yep. in each house. Mm-hmm. 
And the minute a bed opens up, you're trying to bring one more in. Yeah. And we usually, I mean, I get calls all the time. Do you have bed space? Do you have bed space? Because it's just a big need. And despite that, Mm -hmm. you're also every day on the street. Yeah. Four days a week. Four days a week. Mm Mm-hmm. Where do where does where do all these supply? Where does the money? How do how does this yeah. work? Yeah, so uh, by volunteers and donations. So all of our finances come from private donors, churches, community organizations. All of our supplies to go on the street are usually packaged up or donated by different groups of people. We hand out like over two hundred food packs a week, and that's all donations. How? Yeah. How, how did you get the word out? So part of it was from our community, my kids' high school when they were in high school. So we got the word out that way. No kidding. Yeah. That's cool. Which was really cool. And our church and other churches. So once our church got involved, I started just having opportunities to speak at other churches. So we get a lot of support from different churches and lots of different schools. But my kids' school has been a tremendous support to us. And so you're out there hustling it up. Yeah, for sure. You have to be. So on the one hand, you're hustling it up. On the other hand, mm-hmm. you're in the streets giving it away. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, you're having houses donated and you're, <laughs> yeah. I guess, trying to furnish them and keep them clean yep. and create s- some type of programming mm-hmm. for these ladies to get clean. Right. Can Do you know the numbers of women you've had live with you so oh, far? Oh, gosh. We've had... I couldn't tell you the exact number, but we've had over 50 women coming in and out of our program. Um, For various reasons, we did short-term stays. So if a police agency or law enforcement agency would do a raid and there was women there who were exchanging sex for food or anything, they would allow them an opportunity to come to our program and then help them get back to... So we had some women from China, for example. and so China? they Uh-huh. What do you mean, China? Oh, this is a whole thing. Yeah. Well, so, tell us about that. Whole yeah. Thing. So I learned that women were coming from China in exchange to work for somebody who was selling them for sex. And so- Just to get to America? N- no, just to make money. You're kidding me. Mm-mm. Did they know that deal coming in? They knew the deal coming in, but what happened in in in- our area was that a lot of these women had gone to like high end places to do this. So Vegas was one I can use as an example. So they were staying at a really nice hotel, treated very well, given all the fancy stuff. Well, then they came to the area where we're at and it wasn't like that. It was a, a, a dirty hotel with multiple women in the same room and then it got raided. And so then these women would come to us and then we would help get them back so they could get their passport and get all that stuff and go back to their country. What I learned was they would come in and my question was, how did you know who was picking you up like at the airport when you got here? And um, one woman told me it was the color of her suitcase. So they had a very specific color of suitcase that they had to bring. And when their ride would pull up, they would know that's who she was. You're kidding me. uh Uh-uh. It's fascinating. And these did these girls end up addicted and stuff too? Um, no, none of these women because they weren't here long enough. I see. Mm-hmm. But they still 
like got stuck. Oh, they yeah, they They're were. Completely I mean, stuck. them that getting a or getting raided was probably the best thing that happened to them. Wow. Mm-hmm. Were, were their passports taken from them? Yes. I've read that. Yeah. Yep. Which renders them basically helpless. Exactly. Yep. Unbelievable. Yeah. And and so you've had fifty people come through the homes mm-hmm. of all walks and shapes and mm-hmm. backgrounds and everything. Yeah, everything. Where are those fifty girls now? So some of them are doing well and living on their own. Um, our our goal, our hope is that we would have a relationship with everybody. And we have, for the most part, even women that were from China had texted us in the beginning, letting us know like they got home okay or You're something. Kidding. No, it was really sweet. Is that not like <laughs> give high fives? It was so cool. Yeah. And then we have women that um, have relapsed and are still navigating the process of, of healing. And we still- it's real life. It yeah, happens. Yeah. And we're still loving them through that. And then we have some women who have jobs that are now seeing their kids. I mean, we have a whole, like, I feel like gamut of- But those success stories literally save lives. For sure. Yeah, for sure. And then there's the alternative. Mm-hmm. Tell us about Marquita. Oh, yeah, Marquita. So she um, was one of the first women that we met on the street. And- um she would call me. So the phone number I give you guys, I would give them on the street and they call me and text me and um, tell me where they're, where I'm going to meet them because it changes. And so she would text me and call me and I would meet with her. Um, what would she say? She would be like, can you bring me, you know, tell me what she needs. But, and, and so I do this with the girls when they walk up to the car, they're like, I need da, 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 da. And I'd be like, oh, how are you today? How was your day? We're going right. to have a conversation first. Right. <laughs> and so she eventually learned to do that. So we'd walk up. She'd go, how are, how are you? I'm like, I'm good, Marquita. How are you today? And we would talk. And um, and she would just tell me about her day. But, oh, man, we loved her. And then she was brutally murdered, um, shot. And because shooting someone and killing them is not enough. You got to run them over, too, and set them on fire. So that's – What? Yeah. Why? I don't know. Was it a know. a John or a pimp or? They don't. They think so, but they don't know. They shot her. They shot her. They ran her over, and then they burned her. Mm-hmm. Do you think that's a statement trying to scare other girls? Oh from yeah, because it's not the first. Like after that, it's happened a couple other times, minus the burning. So it's it's common to hear of a woman who got shot and then run over. Whether that be because it's a drug deal gone bad or a date gone bad. But, yeah. You know, I, I, I'm hearing you, but this is not supposed to happen in our country. Mm-hmm. This is not supposed to happen mm-hmm. in our cities. Agreed. But you say it almost like it's almost common. It is. It, I mean, when I go on the streets and I and I haven't seen a girl in a couple weeks or even a week, I start to worry, like, is something wrong? I'll ask. And the instant I ask, they'll be like, I hope she's not dead. Did you check the morgue? So now I've gotten into the practice of going on the morgue's website and you can look up unidentified or unclaimed bodies is what it says. Have you identified any yet? Um, we've had to do one. Oh, goodness. Um, and so I look on there and the hope is that, like, I have their real name. Because oftentimes it's a street name. So I have lots of real names, but so I, I look through. And so we didn't see somebody for a couple of weeks. And one of our friends was like, I haven't seen her. 
can you just check the morgue real quick while you're sitting here talking to me? And I was like, yeah, do you know her real name? And she was like, yeah. And she, she told me. And so I went and looked. I said, nope, not on here. I'm like, okay, hopefully she's okay. And that's the reality of this world. It is. But the alternate reality is you're saving lives. Yeah, I think so. And we're loving people really well. How do you balance your obvious faith mm-hmm. and your morality mm-hmm. as a result of your fundamental core beliefs with what you see every day? It's challenging. I bet. Um, because you can start- I know you love the sinner and hate the sin. I get yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. And um, I try I try to focus on that, but I'm I mean, I don't have it all figured out. I I struggle going down there and like wanting to confront the men buying sex. You know how many times we've seen that and we pull up and they're you know, it's happening. and you're like, Man, I got something to say. Like I want I got things I want to say to this person, um and and not get not to think I I don't want to think that everyone is like that all the time. And I can start, I have to really check myself and make sure I go, I don't, I don't want to think that every guy pulling up in a car everywhere I go is buying sex from somebody. Like I, I don't want to think that, but I, so I have to check myself to make sure that I don't, one, I don't bring all that home. So I don't, I, I come from the street and whatever happens on the street, I leave on the street. I can't bring that home. I mean, I'll tell my husband I and mean, him and I'll talk about it. But then I have to go to bed and relinquish it and start the next day again. Do the uh, I would imagine that oftentimes the guys in those cars are just broken as broken as yep. the girls on the streets. And too. that's what I try to remember too. Like I've heard a couple men tell me stories about how they watched their mom being sold. Like that really impacted me. I had one guy who said, I'm like, why do you do this? Like what what do you, what, why? And, and he said, I watched my mom and my dad or her boyfriend at the time, it was her boyfriend sold her. And that's what I learned. And that's why I do it now. And that actually helped me understand like the pain that, that everyone was going through men and women. I, um, you're bringing light to the darkest of dark places. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. We'll be right back. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Residents at Brightview Senior Living Communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice. Brightview Dulles Corner in Herndon and Brightview, Great Falls, offer vibrant senior independent living, assisted living, and memory care services through various daily programs and cultural events. Chef-prepared meals, safety and security, transportation, resort-style amenities, and high-quality care. Everything you need is here. 
Discover more at brightviewseniorliving.com. Equal housing opportunity. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. How's your life? Uh, Right now it's good. I can say there's been plenty of times it was not good. Um, How do you fight it? How do you keep going back? I think, I think uh, for me, it's having a good community of people um, and focusing on the good things that we do, trying to see the good in every little interaction that we do when I go out there, and then seeing the good in that environment. Like, I refuse to go out to where we, where we serve people. It is one of the poorest zip codes in the city and one of the most violent. But when I go out there, I really just try to see all the good things going on in that community and the good people and the good in everyone I interact with. Um, otherwise, I wouldn't keep going out. I just wouldn't. So um, does it take a girl finally looking at you and saying, I don't want to do this anymore? What is it that makes you click that, okay, it's more than giving this one a sandwich. She's ready. Yeah. How do you know? I I just bluntly ask. Really? Um, yeah. And sometimes women will say, I'm ready to go. But they're not always necessarily ready to go. But I'll still engage in that conversation. So we have a woman right now who's on the fence every couple of days about going, not going. But I always engage like, hey, I'll come pick you up. Like I'll And I went to her house to pick her up and she wasn't there and she didn't mm-hmm. go. But that's okay. It was like... It just strengthens our relationship. So I'll keep doing it. I'll keep texting back with her. And when she's ready, she'll she'll be ready. Um, I ask women if they're ready. Sometimes they're ready and we take them and they weren't ready. So oftentimes I like them to engage that conversation with me. I don't want to push anyone to do anything they don't want to do, even treatment, even if I know it's what's best for them. They have enough pressure and things being forced to do all day. So I won't do that. Deb, I, you know, admittedly, I don't even suppose to understand what's going on in between the ears of some of these folks that you serve. And, you know, a a lot of what's what normal, rational thinking would be for most of our listeners, the people you serve sometimes just can't even think rationally, I would assume. Right. Yeah. Um. I remember there was a guy who um, no longer no longer works here. He's retired now, but uh, he was making fourteen dollars an hour, 
And uh, he was uh, just did everything I asked him to do on time, would come to work. I mean, I don't even know if he ever missed a day or took sick days. Just a great guy. And in my mind, he earned an opportunity. And I, three or four times, tried to advance him. And he would never take the raise or the advancement. He he just wouldn't. He always said, I appreciate it. This is what I'm going to do. And before retiring, he finally told me why. And he said, all I know is loss. All I know are people without jobs. And, and he said, I, I like my life where it is. And he said, I would rather have what I have now than risk losing what I have to chase something bigger or chase something better. The fear of failure crippled him from allowing himself to think out of his current place. And it taught me such a valuable lesson about managing people and trying to work with people that, you know, the environment and the trauma and everything people come from uh, fear of failure can 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 cripple someone, and the fear of the unknown mm-hmm. can cripple someone, yeah. and and prohibit them from being able to advance. And this was a great guy, and he he's retired happily now, and he's got social security and whatever. He could have done so much more at my company, but he was so afraid of taking the chance or going to a place he didn't understand that. Uh, he just was not able to think outside where he was in that world. Mm -hmm. Um, And what does this have to do with you? Well, um, when you're thinking of rational thinking, you know, when I, when I hear you say you've, you've seen and developed relationship with these girls from your ice cream truck and you're giving them food and stuff and you're starting to tell them that, and now they're starting to see themselves as loved and valuable, at least in the five minutes that are around you. Why in the world wouldn't they just say, okay, I'll take the treatment. I I hear you. I do want out. They know they're not going to get beaten anymore. They know they're going to have hot food. They know they're going to have running water. They know they're going to have electricity. They're not going to get raped. They're not going to get pimped. They're going to be able to get out. Mm -hmm. And that's what you're offering them. Why wouldn't every single one of them say, I'll take it? Because they're scared of the unknown. They're scared of what? A treatment program would look like. They know the rules on the street. They know the rules at the drug house. They know the rules on the block. Those rules they can follow. But giving them a whole new set of rules um, that they're, they don't know, I think in addition to a lot of women have said the detoxing po- portion of a treatment program is awful. It's miserable. So you're detoxing off of a drug and it can be five days and all you're doing is throwing up and sick the entire time. So that's also scary. Um, so the unknown of that and just the unknown of the whole environment is really, really scary. And a lot of women have actually said to me, um, they're addicted to the lifestyle on the street, like the way they live their life. They're addicted to that. They're addicted to the lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Itself. Yeah. What, what does it say that a woman would prefer rape and beatings to a clean life. Yeah. That they that they've been so conditioned by this environment that they're more afraid of a clean life than they are 
the sickness and the darkness mm-hmm. that they're living in. Yeah, I think it shows the sadness of the environment, but the need of more people to step up and do things. I, I just, it's it's always been mind boggling to me when I hear a woman go, I just kind of like it out here because I, I know what to expect. Even even getting beat up, they actually start to expect that. That's not a big shock to them. And so um, they expect that. And then the other thing I've heard women say is like when they come to our program, there's no chaos. And they've only experienced chaos, most of them from childhood. That has been their life, has been experiencing some type of chaos. And so what we notice in our program is when you come, you start to create chaos because that's the only way you know how to live. The streets provide that. The streets provide chaos. And a treatment program does not, typically. Isn't it ironic that in addition to everything else, we have to simply teach peace? Yes, it is ironic. Peace. Yep. Simple peace. Yeah. So I'd read that not only do you feed over, you feed, you feed over 200 people each month, but mm-hmm. it's not just girls, it's drug dealers and pimps mm-hmm. as well. It is. The yeah. very people that you despise the most. Yeah. And How I, do you do that? I didn't want to do it. I didn't want to do it. I, I really was like, we're going to do women and that was it. And then, um, I met this guy and I was like, oh my gosh, he's just so broken too. He was so broken. Um, and had just had so much trauma and he honestly just changed the way I saw all of all of the people. Do you think you're changing him at all? Yeah, because he's four years clean and we just had lunch with him on Saturday. What? <laughs> yeah. Tell us the story. That's yeah. awesome. He's so great. Yeah. Yeah. So he Was he a pimp or a drug dealer? Uh, he would say both. He would say both. Yeah. Okay. And um he we there was a, a a girl who got killed and he was there when it happened. What do you mean he was there when it happened? They were at a drug house and it was a drug deal gone bad and she got shot and so he called 911. Wow. Yeah. Everyone knew him on the street. I had only met him maybe one time but like I I wouldn't have been able to pick him out on the street. I had only seen him once and um he calls me like 2 days after that happened. And he goes, "You don't you don't know me." But I got your number, and I'm done. I'm done with this out here. And I was like, okay, can you want me to come pick you up? And he was like, yep. So he, I picked him up in front of an abandoned house, put him in the car, took him to a treatment program, and we helped. So if you're in a treatment program and we've taken you there, we'll also like drop off cigarettes to you, drop off some spending money. Those things are gold in a treatment program to have your cigarettes and a little bit of spending money. So we do that. And then we're available if you want to call us and just chat. And so we did that. Um, he was in that program for 38 days, I believe. And then he got done with the program. Here's a big gap in our system. And they're like, okay, well, we have transitional, like another program, another level of program for you to go to. But there's going to be three to four days of downtime. Before. What do they do? <laughs> right. Exactly. They're, they're forced back. Right. So he's like, I don't know what I'm going to do for three or four days. I was like, okay, we got to think of a plan. He's like, well, my cousin has this house. I could stay there. I was like, okay, is there like anybody there? Does it have running water? Does it have electricity? 
had it didn't have water and I can't remember if it had electricity. But I was like, all right, I'll pick you up and we'll go there. So that we did. And it was it was not a like it didn't have furniture. It wasn't like that. It was literally where he had there was a table, he had a toaster oven. And we brought him water and some clothes and socks and those types of things. And then we spent the next three or five days doing things with him. So we took him to meetings. He went to church with us. Yep. He went to lunch with us. He went to breakfast with us. He did all the things and then got to his program that opened up. And now he's four years clean and he's a peer recovery coach. What's he doing now? Yeah. So he helps other people struggling with addiction and coaches them. Sponsors does meetings and he's like people's sponsor. That one story alone is worth all the work. Yeah, for sure. He's an amazing human being. And it's not even a, a woman. No. 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 How how many volunteers do you have? Gosh, we we have about fifty to sixty volunteers. Some are outreach, some help at the house, some pack up hygiene kits, some pack up food packs. So yeah, about fifty. That is um I'm just, I'm just, I'm envisioning you running around down here talking to these people (laughs) and the changes that the lice make. I mean, do you ever just wake up and, I mean, are you fully aware of what you're doing? I don't, no, I don't think I am, honestly. Even just sitting here talking to you, I was like, wow, yeah, we do that. That seems kind of crazy. So no, I don't. Oftentimes, we talk to people, we get emails, we get phone calls, we get everything. Alex Fields a bunch of them. Oh, yeah. I filled a bunch of them. Alex Fields a bunch more of them. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, we're going to – I don't even want to say this. Everybody keep emailing. We're going to keep responding. I don't I don't care if it's a 1,000 a day. We'll mm-hmm. figure it out. But, I mean, it's, it's getting to be a lot. I'm and sure. it is an absolute honor. Okay, and I'm humbled and privileged that we're reaching and people are reaching out just like you did, Mm -hmm. right? Um, So much of what I've learned is that um, people's reticence to get out and get involved, people's reticence to be part of the, quote, Mm -hmm. army of normal folks, to Mm -hmm. actually engage is they have inhibitions, they have fears, um, or their timing's not right. Yeah. And the beauty of the stories that we continue to tell on Army of Normal Folks, to me, one of the beauties is I haven't found a single person that's done any work that didn't have their own struggles. Mm. They, They weren't doing what they were doing because everything perfect aligned in the world and they had all the money they needed in the perfect world and everything was fine in their life and they just went and did something. Rather, they did amazing work in their communities. They engaged their discipline and passion where they saw opportunities, not because it was the perfect time or they had the perfect circumstances, but very much the opposite, despite mm-hmm. the difficulties. Yeah. Um, you just got over a difficulty. Yeah. I mean, it, it it cannot be lost on this story that you started this when you lost your own home mm-hmm. and you were you started just 
giving hot chocolate to people at a bus stop when you just lost your home and you didn't even have enough money to pay your own bills and yet you were mm-hmm. scrounging together money to make hot chocolate for people. Yeah. And that your first home that was donated to you, you gave to the girls you were serving when you didn't even have your own home. Yeah. And you never quit through another struggle that you just shared with me that uh, you just got some good news on. Yeah. Yeah. Tell us about it, Deb. <laughs> uh, so I was diagnosed with breast cancer in November of 2022. And um, since then, I've gone through mastectomy, um, reconstruction, chemotherapy, uh, radiation, and now I'm cancer-free. So this is all good news. Yeah. And you didn't quit through all this? No, I still... Even in the midst of chemo, if I was feeling good, I would go and do outreach. And there was days I, of course, I didn't feel well and I couldn't go, like literally couldn't go. But if I was feeling good, I'd get in the van and I'd go down there. And Do the people on the street know this? Oh, yeah. Like I was very humbled when um, people, some women cried when I told them I had cancer. Um, some of the hardest women you'd ever yeah, meet. yeah. They're like, we can't, like, you can't die. And I said, well, it's not up to me. That's up to God. <laughs> so I don't get to pick that. But um, so it was very humbling. Are Jake and the kids saying, all right, mom, enough. <laughs> Chill out right now. Yeah, I don't know. But honestly, being on the street fills my cup up so much. Like my love for these women is beyond what I can even understand sometimes. And so I would... When I go out there, I come home and I just, like, I feel better, like, because I've got to meet with my people that I love. Those are my people. And I want to be able to see them. The the other thing we talk about often is the secret sauce, the payoff is you get so much more out of it than you put into it. So true. Talk about it. it. It's so true. I mean, there was times when I was... I mean, obviously, during chemo, you're just a hot mess physically and emotionally. Um, And going down and just seeing how much actually those women love me as much as I love them was has just been a gift to me, honestly. Um, And I, I guess I never realized how much they do love me until that until those moments happened. And I would go down there and they would just they would light up. They would just be so happy. Um. And they were always worried that I wasn't going to come back because something happened. So, We'll be right back. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy last year by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Residents at Brightview Senior Living Communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice. Brightview Dulles Corner in Herndon and Brightview Great Falls offer vibrant senior independent living, assisted living, and memory care services through various daily programs and cultural events. Chef-prepared meals, safety and security, transportation, resort-style amenities, and high-quality care. Everything you need is here. Discover more at brightviewseniorliving.com. Equal housing opportunity. 
witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City Featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. I um I may have told this story once before, but I'm going to do it anyway because okay. it's so appropriate right now. Um, I like shrimp. Okay. More importantly, <laughs> Lisa loves shrimp. Okay. So if Lisa loves shrimp. You're eating shrimp. That a girl. <laughs> That's right. So um, I was on a business trip some years ago, and I was down on the Gulf Coast. And Lisa said, you're coming home, right? Yeah, I said, go to Walmart, get a cooler, go to the gas station, get some bags of ice, go down the docks and get some fresh shrimp. And bring it home. We're going to have a shrimp bowl tomorrow. And I mean, I'd been working. I didn't feel like doing any of that. But yeah. Lisa said, go get shrimp. So, so you got shrimp. Go get shrimp. Right. So <laughs> I'm sitting down there. And I don't. Have you ever been to like seawater docks before? No. They mm -hmm. reek. Oh, okay. All right. It's fish heads. It's oh. stagnant surf water. It's. Oh, Okay. I mean, it's gross. Yeah. It really is. I'm sure they have places like that on Lake Michigan, don't they? I would think. Yeah. But I've never visited. Okay. So well, it stinks. I believe you. All right. So <laughs> I'm down there toward the end of the day. The sun's starting to go down and it just reeks. There's flies. Ugh. It's just stagnant, like harbor waters. Gross. Yeah. It's revolting. And, but I'm there with my cooler and my ice, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, the boats come in. And I found the one thing more revolting than the dock, the fishermen. Oh. Oh, uh, they're coming in on the, well, they've been up, the, they were out when the sun was down. Yeah. Sun came up, sun went down. They've been 12 hours on the sulf and the surfer and the, and the mist and, you know, a toothbrush and toothpaste is more of a suggestion <laughs> than a daily reality. Right. And, and they, they probably smoke a couple of packs of marble reds, yeah. right? And so they're sunburnt, they're sweaty, they're covered mm -hmm. in the sulfur of the sea and then fish guts and bait. Oh, and sounds awful. It is awful. <laughs> it's disgusting. And so the whole place and the people in it, the fish, the fish they're just, but it didn't matter because I had to get shrimp. For, for your wife. So I get my shrimp and I'm gone. Yeah. And Jackson, Mississippi is about halfway between the coast and Memphis okay. as I'm driving home and it dawns on me that that's exactly who Christ surrounded himself mm. with. Yeah. the fishermen. Stinky, nasty fisherman. Yeah. And he washed the feet mm. of prostitutes. Yeah, he did. He did. It, 
can't be lost on your story as a Christian. Just how Christ-like you're being going into this neighborhood every day. Has that ever dawned on you? I don't I don't know that it really has, honestly. I feel like um I just don't think of it. I, I think of it like that. I feel like sometimes I struggle with my own value and worth, I guess, if I'm being honest. Um and explain so, that. I think um I don't see myself. I, we often don't see ourselves as as other people see see us. I I realize that, but I think um, I just question just who I am sometimes. I think really, who, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so um, with that can come like I can be. I'm, I'm. I feel like I have a humble heart because I I don't realize who I am. But then sometimes I don't acknowledge like all the good that God is doing in my life. Like all the good things that I do come from him. There aren't anything I'm doing, but um, I feel like I have a hard time acknowledging that. I get the humility. I do, but um, it's okay for me to say it. You're amazing. No, oh, thanks. And you're doing something for people in our world that get very little from our society and our community and you're serving. We always talk about what could our world be? Think of what this country could do if all of us just saw a place of need and, and use their passion or discipline to fill that little place of need Mm -hmm. and just do it to serve someone that's not as advantaged as you are. Yep. Well, you're serving the least advantaged and, um, making a difference and saving lives and you're doing it in the most humble way. Thanks. And um, I can't think of a better example of what we're looking for in an army of normal folk. And the thing is these streets, heck in Detroit, there's probably two or three other areas of the city that could use this in Detroit alone. Yeah, for sure. You're serving one area in Detroit. There's got to be more than one. There is. Absolutely. So if there's three or four in Detroit, how many areas like this are in the United States that desperately need somebody to stand up for them, say, I love you, here's something you need, and most importantly, you need to know that you are worthy of love and you are valuable, and if you're ready to turn your life around, we're here to help you walk through it. Yeah. Yeah. What would that do for our country? Oh, my gosh. (laughs) We would be living in a much different world. That is for sure. Far less broken than it is today. Far less broken. So what's next? Well, someone just asked me the other day at a speaking event I was at. They're like, what do you need? I was like, oh, I'm glad you asked because I'm going to boldly ask for another house. And so now I'm telling people because I would like to do um, what's called a drop-in center. I would like to have a house or a small apartment complex in our outreach area and have it be a place where women can come and get a shower, a hot meal, a place where we could help them get an ID. So a lot of times I help women get their ID while we're sitting on an abandoned porch on my computer, you know, trying to get them an ID because no one has an ID and it's gold to have an ID that says your name on it, who you are. And you can't go to many treatment centers without an ID. So Salvation Army will take you without an ID, but most places won't, so you have to have it. So it would be a place where we could get that. We could um, 
it'd just be a place for them to relax and not have any pressure or stress in a couple hours. Yeah, so you want a small apartment complex. Yeah. So anybody in Detroit listening, <laughs> this is really simple. What's the area called? Seven and Chalmers. All right, that area. <laughs> There has got to be some dilapidated, empty apartment complex that has very little value that could change people's lives. And Deb is married to a guy who can fix it up. So <laughs> as long as the bones work, yep, Deb can make it work. That is correct. Yep. Or anyone listening who wants to donate yeah. so they can purchase it. Yeah. Oh, or if someone wants to stroke a check. We will accept that graciously. <laughs> How's your house now? Uh, great. My personal house? Yeah. Great. It's so because good. Because in the middle of all this. It's so great. We now have a house. We've been there for five years. Um, so, yes, it's very good. And we Tell love it. Tell me about it. what the kids are doing. So my oldest lives in Grand Rapids, Michigan, and she's 25 and has a big girl job in marketing. A and big girl I job. I know that's what we call it, big girl job. Um, my other daughter just got married and is looking for a job in teaching or uh, social work. Are you a grandma yet? Not yet, but man, I can't wait. I'm not oh. yet, but Lisa wants to be so me bad. Me too, me too. We were hard on our kids. Like yeah. We were the parents that... Our kids are like, why can't you just be like everybody else's we parents? Too. We were, yeah. no, you're cutting the grass. Yeah, no, we're not going to, you know, mm-hmm. you're going to do this. You're going to, so we fought. I mean, we had four and four years, right? Yeah. So for 26 years, we fought children, yeah. right? I want grandchildren because I'm ready to spoil children. Yeah, me too. I don't want to have, mm-hmm. I'm going to be too. the worst. I know. Our kids I are going to hate when their children <laughs> know, come home after hanging out with me because I'm going to spoil the crap out of it's them. It's going to be great. Chocolate cake for breakfast. <laughs> yes, yes. Ice cream too. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Yes. All right. So uh, the second one just got married. Yes, second living, one just got married. Um, living not far from us, like 10 minutes. Cool. And then I have a daughter at U of M Dearborn. Uh, she's a senior, and then my son just graduated high school, and he is uh, working at Starbucks trying to figure out what he's going to do. What's next? Uh, give me that house, and I'm going to make a drop-in center and um, hopefully just keep loving on the community and hopefully get my husband to say we can move there too. <laughs> do do the – wow, that's the second time you've mentioned it. I think Jake better pay attention. I think so too. Do you, um, do you have a corporate sponsor? Do you have uh, – We don't. It's it's literally mm-hmm. normal folks, high school parents, mm-hmm. um, local people just donating a little bit. It is. What could a big sponsor do for you? Oh, my gosh. I feel like we could change that whole Seven and Chalmers area. I really do. I mean, I would be open to buying more places and just being – I just think there's so much power by living in the community that you serve and being – there all the time. Like, I don't want to be the person that just comes and goes, right? I want to be there for the long haul. We always <laughs> talk about what can we do to fix the proverbial it. We also understand that each of our communities are only as strong as the weakest link. We also talk about what can we do to clean up blight? Mm. What can we do to clean up r- r- rampant theft and murder and all of the things that we're talking about we need to fix to make our country better. How many Deb Ellingers are there out there that are willing to immerse themselves in those communities to fix them? And 
it it shouldn't be about the money or the property. It's about the army. It's about the foot soldiers. It's about the people willing to do the work. And there you are with how many volunteers that you've gotten around About 50. We've got a 50-person strong army in Detroit working where we need the work to be done the very most. And all they need is support. Yes. That is correct. You going to quit it? Nope. This is it. This is it. Maybe if you could get some of that money to really do some of those things, we could get Jake to move there, too. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a great idea. (laughs) Poor Jake. The fact that you just said it, maybe we'll persuade him. (laughs) (laughs) That is um, phenomenal. Uh Tell me, now I'm going to ask, tell me your favorite success story. Hmm. Let's end on a real positive, high redemptive note. Yeah. So, I mean, I would say, even though it wasn't a female, it was Sarge, the person I talked about earlier. Really? Yes. Um, and I think watch his name's Sarge. That's his. How appropriate! I know. Yeah. I know. Um, he's definitely he inspires me and his enthusiasm and passion for serving and loving people. And he would say, "Well, that came from." all the love you gave me, and it showed me how to love other people. That's what he said to me on Saturday when I saw him. Um, That's just inspiring to me. Do you need any more verification for what you're doing in your life than just Probably not. Probably not. One thing, too, Sarge goes over to her house for Christmas and Thanksgiving. Yeah, like he's been to our house for graduation parties and... (laughs) He's like family. He is like he is like family. If you were to ask him, he'd be like, "Yeah, you're my family. You're my people." That is just phenomenal. Yeah. So, someone sitting around in another city thinking, "This is hard work, but I want to do it," yeah. and they want to hear more. Mm-hmm. How do they reach you? They can email me at Ellie's House three one three. Spell that. E l l i s h o u s e three one three at yahoo.com. Great. And uh, I am certain that you'd be more than willing to tell everybody how they could do this in their own community. I would love to tell other people how to do this in their community because they can do it. You need a bigger voice. You need more people need to know this story. And I hope somebody is listening that recognizes the depth of the work you're doing and the lives that you are truly changing and saving of, I mean, the most desperate situations in our country. I mean, we, we, we can't be desensitized to what this is. Are you hearing that we have 20 year old women selling their bodies for food or a $20 bill living in dilapidated vacant homes that don't even have water or electricity. Therefore they can't bathe. Mm -hmm. They can't take care of their basic hygiene and they're, it's worse than a third world country. For sure. Yep. In the shadows of amazing wealth all around. Yep. And it's happening right under our nose, and it's unacceptable that we allow it to happen. I agree. It is. And you're doing all you can to fix it. I am. With an ice cream truck and 50 <laughs> volunteers. Yep. Ice cream truck and 50 volunteers. I love that. <laughs> It has been my distinct honor to meet you and to help tell your story. And thank you. Um, you know, I, I, you couldn't. You're the 
daughter of a bus driver and a JCPenney's worker who grew up in a blue-collar Detroit area who married a carpenter and had four kids and lost their house during the housing crisis to foreclosure and has fought breast cancer and in the meantime been a light in a very dark place. You are an amazing human being, and I just can't tell you how much I appreciate you coming to visit with us and tell your story. Thank you so much for having me. I feel privileged to be here. And thank you for joining us this week. If Deb or another guest has inspired you in general, or better yet, to take action by starting something like Ellie's House in your own city, by donating to Ellie's House or something else entirely, please let me know. I'd love to hear about it. You can write me anytime at bill at normalfolks.us, and I will respond. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with friends and on social. Subscribe to the podcast, rate, and review it. Become a premium member at normalfolks.us. All these things that will help us grow an army of normal folks. For our premium members, we'll have bonus content from this episode. And it's Deb and I talking about going deep versus going broad and philanthropic work. If you don't want to miss it, become a premium member today. Thanks to our producer, Iron Light Labs. I'm Bill Courtney. I'll see you next week. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. (laughs) Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infinity QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Residents at Brightview Senior Living Communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice. Brightview Dulles Corner in Herndon and Brightview Great Falls offer vibrant senior independent living, assisted living, and memory care services through various daily programs and cultural events. Chef-prepared meals, safety and security, transportation, resort-style amenities, and high-quality care. Everything you need is here. Discover more at brightviewseniorliving.com. Equal housing opportunity.